Hi there, I'm Jo Roberts and welcome to my most recent podcast, the title of which is American Circumcision, A Commentary. I think that this film was a Netflix original and it was released in 2017, but I've only just watched it. So this is a few comments that I want to make about that because it kind of relates to the subject matter that I usually speak about in my podcasts. So just to give you a brief overview of the situation, America is the country which carries out the most circumcisions for non-religious reasons in the Western world. And um, it still has very high rates of circumcision. Um, It circumcises newborn babies, or at the very least, very young babies. And it does this by strapping the baby to what's known as a circumcision board. So it It's like a board which has the indentation on it of like a baby and they place the baby on this like indentation on this board and then they literally strap it to this board. I'm not making this up. This is an actual thing. You can do your own research and find this out for yourself. They literally strap its arms and legs down uh, so that they could carry out the procedure. Uh, They do this because for very obvious reasons, which shouldn't need to be explained to anybody, the baby naturally puts its arms up when um, something like this is occurring and it begins to flail its arms and legs. And so for a long time, this procedure has been done with this uh, torture device known as the circumcision board. So that's a bit of background to this. Uh, The film actually begins by showing one of these circumcision boards and it shows uh, a baby being strapped to one of these, although it cuts off at that point. It doesn't actually show the circumcision at that point. There is some footage uh, later on in this film of um, a circumcision. In fact, there's two different places in the film where they show some footage. It's not shown in particularly great detail. Some of it's blurred. Uh, However, it is still extremely distressing, so I should warn you about that um, in case you're considering watching this film. The film mainly centres around a group of activists known as intactivists. It's sort of a play on words. It is an amalgamation of the words intact, obviously meaning uncircumcised, and activists, intactivists. So there's a particular group of these people that are interviewed in this documentary. Juxtaposed to that, and presumably to give the documentary balance, there are also a group of people defending circumcision, um, including a variety of academics from various different backgrounds. So one of the first of these that I would like to comment upon is a guy called Brian Morris, and he is Professor Emeritus at the University of Sydney in Australia. And he claims to be pro-science and he defends circumcision on the grounds that he is pro-science. That promotes the view that the human body is born flawed or is inherently flawed and is incapable of equilibrium without scalpels. So he promotes the idea of circumcising newborns, believes that it has a number of advantages. Um, He calls himself pro-science and every single one of his arguments in favour of it, including one which he particularly emphasises, claims that it reduces the risk of HIV. These are all profoundly unscientific and have been massively debunked from multiple different directions. In truth, he's actually anti-science, anti-nature, and if you believe in that kind of thing, anti-God. 
So he believes that the human body is inherently flawed and that the medical profession can only improve upon it. In other words, a god complex. There is another academic called Andrew Friedman. Horrifyingly, this guy actually circumcised his own son. So he clearly has some kind of medical background, either that or he's a rabbi. And he admits that circumcision is a more cultural decision than a medical one. This is interesting and the reason that I mention that is because it has parallels with my usual subject matter. Very few surgeons or medical professionals will actually admit that um, the surgeries carried out on intersex people, usually non-consensually, are more cultural than medical. Some do. Most don't. Most try and give it some sort of medical context. What began to strike me very early on in the film was the numbness of the people defending it. So this guy Brian Morris in particular came across as emotionally very numb. I'm assuming that he was circumcised himself and the guy that wrote uh, the book Circumcision, The Hidden Trauma, Ronald Goldman, he actually, I'm sure, says that there's a link between being circumcised and being emotionally numbed later on in life. This is a recurring theme throughout this documentary, especially where this guy, Brian Morris, is concerned. At one point he mocks one of the activists who protests against circumcision and campaigns against circumcision. He mocks her for her emotional affect. So the overall impression that I get quite early on in the documentary is that these people who are defending it, they're numb, so they think that feelings don't matter. They're numb, so they don't understand what trauma is. And they generally lack the insight, empathy, compassion, wisdom or intuition to understand the damage that's actually being done when somebody is circumcised. As I said, there are many claims which are made in defence of circumcision, and you'll hear many of those in this documentary. Uh, these alleged benefits are not backed up by science. This is mainly pseudoscientific, insane nonsense. Um, if you want more information about all of this uh, bunk, then read the book Circumcision, The Hidden Trauma by Ronald Goldman. Uh, I'll run through some of the examples of this that they come up with. So it's been claimed that circumcision reduces risk of urinary tract infections despite the fact that men actually have a lower risk of urinary tract infections than women and if you think about the actual logistics of how UTIs generally tend to happen physically it kind of makes sense why that would be the case. They claim that it reduces risk of penile cancer and in fact even a modicum of research will tell you that rates of penile cancer in men are generally very low. It's one of the rarest forms of cancer in men. And finally, this guy, Brian Morris, claims that it massively reduces the rate of HIV. Again, this is nonsense because it's a provable fact that America has the highest HIV rate in the western world but also the highest rate of circumcision in the western world so these people are delusional and they're in a state of denial and they're kind of not being challenged enough in my opinion
The documentary also touches upon loss of sensitivity and this is another parallel in terms of what I normally talk about in this podcast. Um, Reduced um, sexual sensitivity can be an issue where um, intersex surgeries are concerned. It's also a massive issue where circumcision is concerned. I'm not sure how widely known this is but the foreskin is the most sensitive area. Uh, the removal of it leads to a massive drop in sexual sensitivity. Um, it's actually possible that men can have multiple orgasms. Not a lot of people know that, but um, after circumcision, the chances of that are vastly, vastly reduced. I'm not sure if they're cancelled out altogether. Don't quote me on that, but they're reduced. Uh, the frenulum, which is part of the area that's removed, is the most sensitive area of all. And uh, the foreskin actually serves a very important sexual function in terms of providing friction. Um, so there's thousands upon thousands of nerve endings in that area. And men who have been uh, circumcised in adulthood will say that the difference in intensity of orgasm before and after circumcision is like night and day. So the proponents of this procedure are um, not obviously touching upon this, but it's important information which people need to know. The next part of this film which I want to address is one of the scenes showing circumcision. So it's the first one that you get to in the film. Um, Obviously this is incredibly distressing for anybody who has any level of emotional intelligence. Uh, The cries that you hear are absolutely horrific. Uh, My entire body went numb and you could see that the baby was in a state of shock and dissociation. I know what that looks like, so there's really no speculation on the matter. It looked traumatised. There's a woman who is interviewed for this who defends female genital mutilation and generally comes across as somebody who has Stockholm Syndrome and is in a state of denial. She also enables the culture which still does that to women. There are many cultures in this world which still um, force that upon women and she enables those, defends them. Uh, She generally comes across as somebody who's quite deep in a pit of denial. Another of the academics interviewed for this is a guy called Edgar Schoen. He says a lot of extremely outrageous things in this documentary, but one of the things that I wanted to pick up on was that he claims that many babies sleep through it. This is addressed in the actual film by someone else who points out the obvious, which is that the babies aren't actually sleeping, they've just gone into a state of extreme shock and dissociation. So dissociation is obviously a a response to quite extreme trauma and this ridiculous individual claims that the babies are sleeping they're actually not sleeping they're in a state of extreme shock so it probably looks like they're quite peaceful Um, it's a very common response to profound trauma for somebody to go into this response it's known uh, as the i think the the freeze response the person basically goes completely numb and still and they're in a state of shock basically but this person because he's so profoundly lacking in empathy and attunement misinterprets it as oh they're quite relaxed and peaceful 
honestly, you couldn't make this shit up. Another of the people in this documentary that I wanted to mention was an intactivist known as Marilyn Milos, and she is interviewed many times for this. Uh, this woman makes a number of excellent points, the first of which is that there's strong evidence to suggest that many men who are circumcised as babies go on to develop PTSD. Um, some evidence shows that they tend to react more extremely when they are being vaccinated than those who are uncircumcised. So they tend to respond to the vaccination in a very extreme way, which is highly synonymous with post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, she also compares the initial circumcision of babies to sexual abuse. Uh, the reason for this is they have to do a particular thing in order to actually carry out the circumcision. I don't really want to go into it in this video. There are algorithms on YouTube which pick up on stuff like that. So um, I really don't want to actually say it. It's best that you just watch the documentary, but they have to do a particular thing in order to actually be able to circumcise it. I'll let you figure it out for yourself, but I completely 100% agree with her. I think it's sickening abuse and it is sexual abuse. So I want to briefly return to this guy, um, Edgar, who makes the point several times that men who complain about having had circumcision forced upon them as babies are basically a disgruntled minority. And I want you to bring this up for a particular reason. This is highly comparable to what intersex people have to go through, some intersex people. Those who end up questioning the surgeries that were forced upon them have this actual term used against them. That's where a got the term from, a disgruntled minority. So they're basically told, well, the majority of people who have had these surgeries um, done on them as children haven't complained about it and have said that they're perfectly fine. This is like a form of gaslighting because they're deliberately trying to gloss over the fact that denial is basically probably the most common defence mechanism on planet Earth. So what they're trying to say essentially is if somebody has had all these surgeries and they say in adulthood, yeah, I'm absolutely fine, um, my life's fantastic, I have absolutely no problem whatsoever with what happened to me, in fact, I think it was a good thing, that that somehow means that they're automatically telling the truth, as if nobody lies or nobody is ever in a state of denial. Like, it's just nonsense, just total and complete idiotic nonsense which a five-year-old could see through. And this guy, this academic, Edgar Schoen, actually tries the exact same trick with these intactivist men who were circumcised as babies. He does the whole gaslighting, appeal to popularity thing that is done to intersex people who question the surgeries that have been carried out on them. Well, most men that have been circumcised are not complaining, so it's just you that's the problem. A sly, devious manipulation. No, that's not actually the the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is that the reason most men are not complaining about it is because they've desensitised and they've suppressed and eyed and disowned the trauma and are absolutely, totally entrenched in denial. That's the reason they're not questioning it. And the same goes 
probably for a large number of intersex people who claim that they've emerged from multiple childhood surgeries completely unscathed. It's not even remotely believable, by the way. If you just think about the process of going into hospital for surgery, it can be traumatising even for an adult. So the proposition that a child could go into hospital three or four times throughout their childhood, having surgeries forced upon them without their consent and without them even knowing why it's happening to them and somehow emerge from that completely unscathed and untraumatised, you would have to be a total and complete idiot to believe that that's even remotely possible. Another point which I wanted to pick up on was the idea of circumcision being done for cultural reasons. This is touched upon in this documentary and I think it's this guy, Edgar Schoen, again, who says it, but he basically explains that many parents actually strongly request this on the grounds that they want their child to look like other children or they want their son to look like other boys. Tribalism, essentially. That's just something that needs to be transcended. Tribalism served its purpose and it served its purpose quite some time ago and it needs to be transcended now. It creates a great many highly unconscious and often quite dangerous behaviours. It's going to become more and more of an obstacle to human beings rather than something which aids their survival as it did way back in the infancy of our species. Uh, The idea that we should cut people's genitalia for cultural reasons is, in my opinion, moral insanity and definitely moral relativism. On that subject, there's quite an interesting anecdote comes from a young guy who's talking about confronting his mother over the fact that she had him circumcised as a baby and he confronts her and says well I'm not happy about what was done to me you know Um, why did you do it why did you think it was okay to have the surgery done to me Um, and she basically responds in so many words I I think she actually says uh, you belong to me those exact words which is obviously pure raw entitlement of the highest order and when he refuses to back down and he keeps challenging her decision she loses her temper and throws a bunch of cups on the floor and smashes them thereby demonstrating the level of entitlement that a lot of people have relative to their children and sort of believing genuinely believing that they own their children and they somehow have you know a claim over them or their their child's bodily integrity none of which is true by the way again this is all profoundly unconscious behavior next we get to the subject of botched circumcisions and this is particularly relevant as regards to my usual subject matter of intersex people because probably the most high profile example of this throughout history was david reimer who was one of the earliest examples of someone who was raised as a girl despite being born a boy and the reason for it was because of the botched circumcision so they basically tried to circumcise and in their complete and total lunacy ended up severely damaging David Reimer's genitalia to the point where it could no longer function as it was meant to and they decided the medical profession decided to raise David Reimer with the cooperation of his parents as a girl and 
this example is mentioned a lot in the history of intersex people, predominantly because the level of confusion and damage that was done to David Reimer eventually led to his suicide in adulthood. And the next thing that I want to talk about is the second sequence that this film shows um, of a baby being circumcised. Again, it doesn't show the full thing in its entirety. Obviously, there is a certain amount blurred out as well. And um, this one was even worse. So, um, in my notes, um, firstly, they show a variety of surgical instruments which are used for circumcisions. And they go through some of those and it just defies belief. Um, I felt sickened and horrified if you look at some of them and you think that they're using that on some little baby it's just defies belief it's literally torture i mean there's no way that anybody can can not see the parallel because when you look at them there's these awful like metal surgical implements that that just look really scary and painful and you sort of look at them and you you think of um the first thing that pops into your head is this is torture. Then there is another um, horrendous sequence in which we see a baby being circumcised. Now there is apparently some anaesthetic used in this sequence. This is another point that I should have made way back at the beginning of this podcast. Anaesthetic isn't used in the vast majority of cases. This is based on the mistaken and insane belief that babies can't feel pain. Like, there are even ordinary, everyday people whom I wouldn't even consider to be that smart who could see through that pathetic, ridiculous, insane lie. It doesn't even take somebody that's exceptionally intelligent to see through that. So, in that sequence, the screams are like nothing you've ever heard before. They are desperate and frantic and they are like something dredged up from the depths of hell. I'm sure most people have heard a baby crying before. This was nothing like that. They're unlike anything that you've heard before. It's It's got a particular quality to it. I kind of thought like a, a sort of wounded, terrorised animal. It is just unbearable almost, to listen to. And you think what it would take to be able to actually do that to a baby and hear those cries and not feel absolutely sick beyond belief. To not feel absolutely distraught and in a state of absolute anguish. You think what it must take for somebody to actually carry out this procedure. It's a level of desensitisation which is truly, truly terrifying. Finally, I wanted to mention that this film, very briefly and in a very cursory way, um, does mention the religious aspect to this. Obviously, two of the major religions in the world, um, Islam and Judaism, most notoriously Judaism, carry out circumcisions on children. Uh, this film does not explore this aspect of it very deeply and I kind of got the impression that they were deliberately making this part of the film as short as possible so as to avoid upsetting people. However, I do think that this needs to be challenged and I don't think it's any more acceptable um, because it's being done on religious grounds. Obviously, in my extensive research on this subject, 
I've read about how rabbis carry out circumcisions and to be honest with you, the description of what they actually do is, if anything, even more sickening beyond belief than the actual medical procedure. So that needs to be challenged as well. Um, it isn't acceptable to terrorise and traumatise newborn infants in the name of religion. And they need to be challenged just as much as the medical profession does. So this is my brief commentary on what the content of this film, American Circumcision, is. Generally speaking, it was a fairly decent documentary and it was relatively balanced. They did try and endeavour for balance. I was surprised to find such a controversial topic actually being debated on Netflix and I was even more surprised to hear that the anti-circumcision side of the debate was very well represented. Um, you should search around for this if you want to watch it. It isn't just available on Netflix, it's available in a vast number of places. So I would recommend this documentary. It's a good starting point if you want to learn about this subject and obviously if you are an intersex person or anybody that has ever experienced non-consensual surgeries, this is a must because it's uh, crucial to learn about the context and the social context of um, circumcision if you want to understand the subject of non-consensual surgeries better. So I hope you have, I don't want to say enjoyed listening to this podcast, but I hope you have learned something from it. Thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe and comment.